Welcome to HomeWise, a podcast of Highlands Ministries. Wisdom is essential in building a strong family and home life. Proverbs says that a wise woman builds her house and a foolish woman tears it down. I'm Steve, and I'm here with Kara Murphy, my wife and the mother of our 10 children, ages 3 to 20. I've been blessed with a wise and godly wife, and over the years I've learned that Christian women appreciate her perspective and need encouragement to rise above the folly of our culture and be home wise. Kara, you recently read something that got you a little stirred up, I remember. Why don't you tell us about that? Stirred up? <laughs> sure, I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> I get stirred up, I guess. I mean, you weren't running through the house screaming. <laughs> I felt like it. No, um, I did. I recently read a blog post and... Um, I feel like saying, and the writer shall remain nameless. Um, it was a, a friend posted something on Facebook and I went and read the blog and, and I don't want to disparage this poor homeschool mom because she had a lot of good things to say and, um, there was some, some good things. Um, but it was all about why, and it was, it was written to herself from herself. So it wasn't even directed at others, Mm -hmm. but the gist of the article is why it is that why I'm failing at homeschooling and what I need to do to not be failing at homeschooling. And particularly um, consistency was the term, you know, you know, why you miss the mark on consistency in your homeschooling. And, um, and like I said, she had some good things to say, and uh, we we can kind of talk about that, uh, but first, uh, the thing that got me all stirred up was the paragraph that said something to the effect of, "You have to look at homeschooling like a job, like it's your job." Now, this is not a new sentiment. I've heard this for years and years and years and yeah, years. No, that doesn't sound horrible. It's not like they just said Satan is God. No. No, not at all. Um, and I'm sure there could be some people who think that way or might even say that in passing. But Right. And and I'm sure we can use these terms and not mean what I'm making, my perception is of what you're saying. Based on what you read in mm-hmm. the article. And you'll hear it a lot with motherhood. Motherhood is a full-time job. Motherhood is your, is your job. Yeah. And um, I think it's, I think it's one of those personal pet peeves that I have on the same level of your husband is the principal of your homeschool. Okay. Um, that one, you know, that's right up there with the, no, um, <laughs> but le- what it, it took me a little while to figure out why it stirred me up, as you said. Uh-huh. And then I realized because, um, there are two ways to look at homeschooling. One is it's something we do. And another is that it's part of our identity. Mm-hmm. It's who we are. Mm-hmm. And the distinctions between those two are make a night and day difference on how your home functions, how your children see what you're doing, how you see what you're doing, how you proceed. Uh, for example, this particular author recommended that you look at your husband's work schedule and look at how many vacation days he gets. And that's how many days you get to get to take off of your homeschooling. <laughs> it reminded me of when we lived in South Carolina. And we had to keep an attendance log of homeschooling. And um, we just had to mark the days on the calendar of what days we homeschooled our children. And you told me to put 365. 
<laughs> and uh, I was a little uncomfortable with that because I thought they might, you know, the, legally that might not work. But your point was, are they alive? <laughs> are you alive? Are we? Are they speaking English? <laughs> one of the more difficult languages in the world. You know. Did we all just? I mean, did we sit in our beds with our heads pulled over our covers and not get up? <laughs> yes. Uh, even then, you might be able to learn something. You might think deep thoughts or something. Yeah. Um, but so it's a difference in in perception and philosophy and right. And you know, I had I have a problem with this on multiple multiple levels, but on a real pragmatic level. Okay. Um, I love to use our oldest son as an example. Okay. He's, you know, he is the oldest of 10. Um, when he started quote kindergarten, he was, I had five children, five and under, Mm -hmm. and we've done podcasts about what that time was like for Mm me. Um, he spent most of his growing up years with me not having a clue what I was doing. Um, and if you can think of it, I mean, Real practically, it's like every year you're a first year teacher because every year you have a new set of, of the, you know, different ages and grades and difficulties and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you've never had that combination before. Yeah. So every year was a new thing. And bless his heart. I mean, we went through how many, you know, we were, we were classical. We were Charlotte Mason. We used textbooks. We did, I mean, I was the one that owned what, 20, 20 some phonics curriculums at one point. Oh, brother. And had used, it's not like I didn't use them. Yeah, you remember those days? Um, I mean, we just tried every, we tried everything. At that point, if it was on the market, I had tried it. And um, trying to find our style, trying to find how we fit. So, I mean, this kid, and then in addition to that, during his entire growing up years, he was 16 when Maggie was born. Our kids are all about two years apart. So out of that two years, you know, I get very, very, very sick in the first trimester. So that's three months. Just throw it out the window. Who knows what's going on? You know, like I'm just happy to not be comatose. Mm-hmm. And then the last three months of pregnancy, I'm such a small person and I get so big. I'm pretty much on bed rest, even if I'm not put on it. Although I have been put on bed rest multiple times, you know, so here I am on bed rest and we all know what quality of an education kids get while their mom is... <laughs> <laughs> laying on the sofa directing traffic, okay. you know. Okay. And then, of course, there's the postpartum time. So yeah. take those three months. So now we got nine months out of two years that you might as well just, I mean, they're progress. <laughs> Who knows, you know. And that's not, you know, we moved multiple times. We um, had job changes and ups and downs. We bought a magazine at one point and, you know, add all that together. And you're not getting a picture of homeschool's consistency. Mm-hmm. And yet this guy graduated at 16 and started at the local college in engineering. So we're like, wait a minute. You cannot look at uh, our efforts and God's blessing and equate those. And of course, this poor mom starts the story about how she's so afraid her kids are going to end up flipping burgers at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And I think that's telling. Mm-hmm. Because if anybody should have spent the rest of his life flipping burgers at McDonald's, it was the son of parents who struggled with, quote, consistency the way we did. Mm-hmm. Um, who changed math programs as much as we changed underwear. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, if anybody should have not done well academically, it should have been a guy like him. And yet that didn't happen. Now, sure. I don't take that as a, I mean, first of all, I think there are practical reasons why. But there's also this level of, we were trying to be faithful. 
And even when we failed in trying to be faithful, yet we tried to be faithful, God blessed it. Um, so using the whip of fear, if you don't consistent in your homeschooling, you aren't, your kids, yeah. if, you know, they're going to end up, you know, being yeah. garbage men for the rest of their lives. You know, of course, then the next question is, um, well, if they were garbage men, are they godly garbage men? I don't think you can be, quote, inconsistent in godliness in training and discipling your children. I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to make them who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, What they do for a living, you know, we've seen a lot of homeschoolers who were very well educated who walk away. And it's alarming the trend that we see in the number of homeschoolers that's happening more and more and more and more. It's getting to the point that it's almost the same as the public school. And I think a lot of it has to do with this emphasis on this, uh, you know, doing school and uh, homeschooling rather than home discipleship that includes academic training. Because we're not stopping to deal with the character issues. We're not pulling out the word of God and directing our children to what God says about things. We're so busy checking off our curriculum list that our children are not getting training in godliness, which is supposedly, for most of us, the primary reason we homeschool our kids. So that was another. And I also felt like, I mean, I feel like articles like this place a burden on parents. So, you know, you look at us. I didn't know when Rich was 10, 11, 12, 13, how this was all going to turn out. And if I was looking at the, you know, the, the calendar and the consistency checklist, I would have said, there is no hope. We need to put him into school. Right? Yeah. And there were times when I felt like, I just don't know if we can do this. I just don't know if we can do this. And yet at the same time, you look at him now and you say, wow, I mean, he loves the Lord. He's a faithful husband and father. Um, he's a good worker. You know, it's like all these things that you wanted for him. That all happened. Yeah. And, and by the grace of God, yeah. I'm you, not... You remember us saying, wow, we didn't do that. Right. Look, oh. look at this. Oh, there's so many things. We were looking in shock, like, where'd that come from? Yeah, because that wasn't... we know that's not what we produced. No, no, we... We, we remember all our inconsistencies. And, Absolutely. And all the struggles yep. and our imperfections, yep. our poor parenting, yep. on and on and on. And then we see this son, and our second son's the same way. Yes, absolutely. And our daughter. Yep. And it's moving right on down the line, and, and we just keep saying, wow, Lord, that's not, that doesn't fit our consistency. No, not at all. And so laying this burden that if you can't be consistent, you might as well not be doing it, is basically setting setting up parents <coughs> for growing weary and well-doing. Well, there's a whole world of thinking out there in the Christian education community that says homeschool moms can't do it. That's true. And of course if they're if they're if the it that they are referring to is a certain level of rigor and a certain kind of curriculum, then yeah, you're right. They, they can't do that. They, they can't do that. And I don't know that they even want to. Well, no. What they want Some strive for it, but yeah. What they want more than anything else, the bottom line is godly children. Yeah. And you we so you you start there and then everything else falls under that. It serves that. Right. And as soon as it stops serving that mm-hmm. and the that is not just godly children, but everything in your life that 
you are that you've put in place to have godly children. If it doesn't serve that, it's gone. So, right. so if you find you're no longer able to have these special times together as a family, whatever that may be, family worship or just a quiet dinner together or time in the evening for conversation, if you find you're just running, 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 it's no longer serving that primary goal that you started with. And so you must have replaced that with some other goal. Right. That's either involvement or activity or academic brilliance. Or exposure to everything possible, every yeah, yeah, opportunity just, possible. Yeah. 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 So that's not that's not what we're aiming for. Right. It's not what we want. What we want is godly children. And we that's know right. when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these other things are added to you. And yes. and so so our our that same son, now God has changed the course of his life radically through his accident, but that same son was working his way into an internship with a local engineering firm. Yeah. We couldn't have lined that up. No. God just dropped that in our laps. Right. We have another son right now who's got a, amazing abilities, and God is lining up a a uh, a potential job opportunity that could just be phenomenal yeah. for him. Right? Yeah. And we couldn't. We no. can't. You couldn't orchestrate that. Yeah. If you start out trying to orchestrate this stuff, you lose it. It's he who saves his life loses his life. That is so very true. Yeah. And it's it's easy to let your worry and fears drive what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I would like to address, we we have met a lot of homeschoolers over the years, especially when we used to travel and speak. But even, we do some of that now. Um, and even in that, we've met thousands of homeschoolers. I have met two homeschool families that I would characterize as lazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I looked at their day of their life and said, they're just lazy. Okay. Um, two out of several thousand. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> and, um, you know, if, if laziness is the problem, you need to repent and turn from it. Mm-hmm. However, I don't find that to be true of most homeschool families. I don't find this quote inconsistency to be a result of laziness. Now, like I said, there were two, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but I would guess that especially, I mean, the moms who are listening to this, th- these are people who are involved in wanting their children to do well and wanting to do better and always striving for what God has for them. And, and so those families, this is not the issue. Um, I would like to, um, there's a level of wanting to redefine consistency. There, there are definitely times when we need to have goals and objective objectives mm-hmm. and we need to pursue those mm-hmm. wholeheartedly mm-hmm. with discipline. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I thought the one, the one part of that blog that I did agree with was this mom was talking about needing a good, strong morning routine. Um, and she was very moderate in it, but you know, you need to have a good routine that gets you up and going in the morning so that it's normal and natural for your normal academic stuff to, to be folded in and started. Um, and I think for many years, I know I personally struggled with that. Um, and you know, if you're one of those super disciplined want people, you're going to have that at a certain time every day. For me, it was more of a checklist. Once we got everybody up and ready, once we got the rooms tidied, once we got the house, you know, tidied and the, for me, I was back in the living room before we sat down, you know, just stuff that had to be in order. Everybody fed. Did I say that one? 
everybody actually wearing clothes and having eaten breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Basics. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you just, you, you get into a habit of then sitting down and starting whatever it is you're starting with your, with your academic time. And that's a good, good practice to have that because that'll help kind of jumpstart getting going on it. Um, but at the same time, I guess I want to go back to what I said in the beginning. If homeschooling is a job, it's something you quit quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, if motherhood is a job, it's something that you expect to receive some kind of benefit from. When it is an identity, when it is who you are, it is just what you do. It's a calling. And so when you're not getting maybe the positive, feel-good benefits from it, you still do it because it's a calling. It's what God's called you to do. When you are not opening up your science book today, you recognize that you are still discipling your children, which is what we've been called to do by God's word, which includes academics, which includes practical life skills. When mom is on bed rest, the children may not be progressing in math to the same degree as they normally would. But you know what? They're learning to care for someone. They're learning to be less selfish. They're learning compassion. They're learning a lot of times, my children, that's when all of their, they're learning how to cook. They're learning how to clean. They're learning how to help take care of the little ones with gentleness and patience and knowing when it's time to bring them to mom. Um, there are things there that they're learning. And it, that reminds me of the little Pinterest thing that Lizzie recently saw and said something to the effect of, boy, am I glad that I learned geometry instead of how to do my taxes, because that's really going to help me during this parallelogram season. (laughs) She brought it to me because she wasn't particularly fond of math. But but the point was, we get so hyper-focused on the academic stuff that we forget that um, actually you could live your whole life without knowing a Pythagorean theorem, but you got to know how to do your taxes or you're going to end up in jail. And yet, what do we spend hours and hours teaching? Geometry. What do we say? Oh, they'll figure it out when they're adults. Taxes. So, you know, there's just so many things in life that we have to teach our children that come up naturally when we live our lives together. And when we don't have this sort of artificial, now we're doing school, now we're actually doing everything else in life. Yeah. And I don't want our moms to lose sight of that. I don't want our moms to live in guilt because God's given them many children or to think that they have to limit their family size because they can't do their checklist or that they have to put their children in school because they've struggled with being sick through this pregnancy and they're not making, you know, the quote progress. Well, I would suggest that they are making great strides, great progress. It may not be in the academic areas, but they're learning other things. They're being sanctified in other ways. And when we look at that, that encourages us and keeps us on the path that we need to be going on. Hello, friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode of HomeWise with Steve and Kara Murphy. If you have a moment and you are of the mind, please make a donation to Highlands Ministries to help support these podcasts. Uh, you can go to the website at highlandsministriesonline.org and there's a Donate Now button. You can sign up for a one-time donation or a monthly donation. 
any amount is appreciated. And if we get like a million monthly supporters, we will do this from the beach.